Hello everyone, hello, hello, it's Lady T for another excuse you moment. Um, I pray that you all are well, staying safe, wearing your mask and sanitizing and still practicing social distancing. It is imperative that we flatten the curve everywhere in every state all over this United States of America. Right now I'm in live in Georgia and the South is taking a really big hit amongst other states while Northeast New York where I'm originally from are doing quite well and actually everyone else is taking cues and um, they're the model for how to flatten the curve in the United States and how to manage contact tracing and so on and so forth so um Kudos and big ups to New York City's Governor Andrew Cuomo for managing the city in a time of crisis like no other. Today's podcast is very near and dear to my heart, and it's all about hard work. We always talk about hard work, H A R D, but I want to talk about heart work, heart work. This is a very transparent podcast and I'm sharing with you in the hopes that, you know, you would be challenged and inspired and motivated to do some of the hard things that you have neglected as a result of some heart issues. Doing the hard things um, as it relates to heart issues. I found myself this weekend coming back from my mother in love's home going celebration. It was July was very interesting. I mean twenty twenty is already uh, an eye opener and has been life altering for a number of reasons. But July's my in the month of July is I celebrate my birthday and um within a week I wouldn't even say it wasn't a full week. Within a few days of my birthday, celebrating and enjoying myself and just really, really commemorating my 49th year before I turned 50. Just had a really, really awesome celebration this year, which is kind of strange because you think, you know, you're going to turn all the way up on 50. And I think I did it. This was a good, good pre-turn up to 50, precursor to 50. And I enjoyed myself immensely. And not many days later, I went from enjoying myself immensely on a high, you know, in reference to celebration and life and and went, you know, experienced a total polar opposite with the passing of my mother-in-law. And uh, it's amazing how from day to day, you just don't know, much less second to second, how your life can be changed and altered just that quickly. We take life for granted so much. And every day I'm asking God to help me to appreciate today, forget about tomorrow, don't obsess about um, the past and just really enjoy the present. It's truly a gift that we have to learn to unpack. And sometimes we major on the minors instead of appreciating this gift called life today because I'm telling you, it can change just like that. And so... um, Experiencing that vast change from woo celebration to wow, you know, even though we know she's went on to be with the Lord, it hurts. Right? I heard from my husband, my children, um, 
it's just a time of mourning and, and that's okay. But the thing about it is that her death caused me to do, along with a lot of other family members, but me specifically, some hard work, some lingering issues that um, were kind of outstanding. And it caused me to be a Christian for real, right? Be Christ-like. And whether it was challenging or not to really represent Christ in this earth. I have a stepson and he is the oldest of all of our children. And there was a situation that happened where uh, after the homegoing celebration, a lot of our family and friends were there. We were, you know, I, I got caught up with, you know, seeing everybody talking, everybody celebrating everybody and just kind of, you know, catching up. You know, even though it was a homegoing celebration, unfortunately, you know, like I know, nothing brings family and friends together like a good funeral. That's a whole nother story. But um, as it, you know, God would have it, a lot of our family and friends were there that we hadn't seen in a long time. And I was just elated to kind of, you know, be able to celebrate life with them. And in the midst and the hoopla of all, you know, the celebration, I was like, hey, where's you know, my husband? Where's my kids? You know, come on, let's take a family picture. Because surprisingly, I found out in uh, helping put together, uh, well, I didn't put it together, but kind of reviewing and editing the obituary that some family members hadn't had family photos to take so we had to kind of have individual photos of this person their children so on and so forth and um thankfully you know we had a family photo and that's because our family reunion we always take family photos but I was like you know outside of that had to think about it wow we really don't take family photos on a regular even if we go out together right you'll have mom and dad or you have mom and the kids or dad and the kids or it's always somebody missing or somebody's not there and so I was very cognizant of that fact so you know that night I was like hey let's everybody let's take a picture you know um together let's 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 start making this a practice because before you know it somebody get in their car and leave off or you know, you just, people just get lost. And so I was like, hey, let's come take a picture, everybody. So we took a couple of pictures. And I found that later that night that my uh, stepson had, you know, not, you know, he was not in the picture. And to be honest with you, I really thought he wasn't there. I thought after the service, he had left. He didn't come with us. He came with his mom and fiance. And I thought he had left. And, um, so, you know, I didn't even see him in a visual, so that was one thing. And then secondly, I really was just caught up in the moment. And um, so suffice to say, you know, it was brought to my attention later on that evening that, you know, he was hurt by that, and rightfully so. And I'm telling you, I couldn't rest and I couldn't sleep because I knew it was already a sensitive, you know, step-parenting, step-children. I know we don't like to use that word step, but just for the sake of argument, you know, that's a very touchy area anyway. So you have to be intentional and purposeful when you get together and that you make sure you include everybody because it's not a good feeling, right, to be excluded in any way. Whether it's, you know, overtly, covertly, it's just not cool. And so um, I was made aware of that. And when I said I couldn't sleep, I couldn't sleep. Because I was like, wow, I wouldn't want anyone. I don't care how old they are. You know, he's a young adult. But still, the premise of, hey, a family photo, and I'm no way, I'm not even acknowledged or called to be in it. And that, you know, oh, my Lord, even thinking about it, it really hurt me. 
And I was telling the Lord, you know, if I get this chance to see him again, which was the burial the next day, that I would definitely apologize to him and let him know that wasn't my intention. And then it was like, well, he might not come. And I'm like, wow, that might be a result of, you know, being omitted or slighted or looked over. So thanks be unto God, he um, came to the burial and the committal and we were able to go to the repast after. And I was able to really talk to him and express my heart. And I just thank God for the opportunity to ask for forgiveness. You know, we usually always thank God for being forgiven or thank God, you know, we do something horrible to people that they're gracious to us. But you know, it was it was a blessing to be able to, one, ask forgiveness, to be open and honest and, and, and look a person in the eye that have been hurted. And it's not about being, you know, I didn't do it on purpose, but it, the fact is he was hurt. And I asked his forgiveness. And I tell you that changed. I, I can see spiritually how that broke some things down in him, you know, and the remainder of the day was just glorious. We spent time together him, my husband, and all the rest of the children, we spent a wonderful afternoon together that I think was a result of me extending um, humility and apologizing and dealing with a very difficult situation. Difficult in that, you know, I didn't do anything, you know, because sometimes we take a mentality, well, I didn't do nothing well. Hey, my fault he took it that way or You know, we find every reason to be arrogant and proud instead of just saying, oh, my God, one of yours is hurt. Would you want that? No, I wouldn't want that seed sown. Matter of fact, I know what it is to be rejected and looked over and my children to have been rejected and looked over. So I definitely don't want to perpetuate that. And so I'm sharing this with you because your situation may not be my situation. Maybe, you know, it is. But you have to be more mature believers men and women of faith to do the hard work that requires our heart. The Bible says, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Every issue that you have in life, it flows from your heart, means it's a part of your heart, right? It's not just a mental thing. People that could had you know because you could have knowledge and memory of something, but if there's no heart emotion connected to it, it's just information. It's the heart that causes the feelings, the emotions, um, the responses, the the elation, the the, the um, disappointment, you know expectations and discouragement it flows from the heart those issues from childhood that shape your today tomorrow you know it's those issues and so a lot of times we try to overlook those issues or over spiritualize them or um you know stuff them away and ignore them as if they're going to work themselves out and I just you know I thank God for the opportunity to do something that was uncomfortable but yet rewarding, not for me. I didn't do it for me. I did it so that he would be made whole. And I think if we care more, that's why the Bible says the, the, the two greatest commandments, love the Lord God with your whole heart, your mind, and your soul, you know, um, and then your brother as yourself, because that kind of, that totals everything, right? That just, that just covers everything. If we would take the time and love God like we should, and in loving him, please him, if our desires to please him, 
by keeping his commandments and being obedient, the love of our neighbor wouldn't be so cumbersome because he would love them the right way, love them to wholeness, want to make sure that they are um, not leaking, not broken, not fractured, but really taking responsibility to uh, fix those wrongs and aid in healing and recovery and aid in, uh, and I don't mean a band-aid, but I mean actually really getting to a place where we can um, sometimes be that disinfectant, sometimes be that um, A&D ointment so, because the wounds are there, the scars are there but what role are you willing to play in the person's healing process, right? Are you the debris? Are you the bacteria? Are you the dirt that gets in there that causes it to get infected more? Or are you the healing agent? Are you the soap? Are you the alcohol? Ooh, and I, it stings and it burns but it is a powerful powerful tool that's used because not only does it clean and disinfect it helps heal and sometimes listen you may be the alcohol and again not on purpose but understanding there's some things that have to be looked at dealt with that may be painful that may cause you to wince and cry but it's necessary for your development for your healing for your restoration it is necessary and so you know, you're going to be the peroxide. You're going to, you know, go to every area of that wound and just cause it to bubble, cause it to, to, to be visible to the eye that it's working, that it's healing. Are you going to be, you know, like I said, the ANZ ointment, that neosporin that aids in the closing of the wound? Or are you going to be the dressing that keeps it safe and clean? For many outside elements that would try to come and contaminate and set that healing process back. I choose today to be a part of the healing and to be a change agent for God. And I can't say that I've always been that in that space because I can say that I have been at times a person who felt, you know, uh, validated because I was victimized but you know the Lord began to talk to me about being a victim or a victor and every victim could be a victor it's just how you choose to respond to it and I'm not saying this is a you know miracle kind of you know just go ahead and get over it that's not what I'm saying go through the trauma get the therapy deal with the counseling sit in your emotion own it you know I'm not saying just you know act like it don't exist what I am saying is that you don't have to be a victim forever and even though things were done to you you can cooperate in the healing process because you can't control what was done to you, but you can control how you respond to it. You can control whether or not your perspective is aligned with the word of God. You can control if your heart is pure. You can control. Come on, forgiveness is a choice. A lot of times we're looking for this great act of redemption outside of ourselves. And in all honesty, Jesus already did the work. And he's given us the same authority and the same power to walk in forgiveness. And so I just want to share with you today, do the heart work. Do the heart work. It's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling. There was such a feeling of freedom and liberty and joy that I said, Satan, not, you will not get the victory here. 
And if nobody acknowledges it, I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm sorry that I overlooked you. Again, I took ownership. I said, I, I'm sorry that you were hurt. I'm sorry that you felt, I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. I would never intentionally hurt you. You know, we have to take onus for it. We, we could, I could have went any other way with that and said, you know, the situation permitted itself and I didn't know you was there and, you know, you left real quick and you should have said something and you, you know, I could have totally, that's what we do, right? We, we hurt people and then push it on them deflected and say well you should have said something you should have you know you and it's like no it's my bad it's my bad and how quickly his countenance changed to God be the glory for the things he has done because it was a time yeah I'm gonna be totally transparent I would have been like oh well but I thank God for maturity I thank God for growth. I thank God for healing. And I thank God for showing me me. And that, listen, you can be the answer. You can be the answer. And yes, it's painful. And yes, it may not be the ideal situation. But it's not about me anyway. Not about me. And... I just praise God that I was able to um, get the victory over me. I was able to get the victory over me. And, um, you know, the enemy is not always Satan that goes around as a roaring lion. The enemy, a lot of times, is the inner me. The inner me that feels validated that feels justified, that feels, um, you know, wounded for whatever reason. We go through a litany of emotions and memories and experiences that make us feel justified in our wrong behavior. But I'm calling all of you that are under the sound of my voice to grow up. Whether you're a believer of Jesus Christ, whether you are... um, you know, or some other faith persuasion, whether you may be agnostic or atheist, this message is talking to you about taking ownership, not being bound to yourself, but to get over yourself and to think more highly of other people, whether it's a child or senior, a colleague, an enemy, a family member, get over yourself and do the heart work. Because you could very well be the answer to help change someone's life that causes them to look at tomorrow with such expectancy and joy. This is Lady T. Until next time, be well.